This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Come on, you bees. Absolutely loving the intro there. So first from me, you are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I am joined by the Besotted Podcast, Dave Laney Lane and Robin Hood McMichael. I've not got a nickname. I'm gutted. What do you fancy, mate? It, it, it's got to be earned. I think it's got... Oh, we'll, we'll I think it'll, come, it'll come over time. It'll come over time. Let's not force it. Yeah, let's not force it, because you might, you might want to get rid of me next week, so we see. <laughs> Early <laughs> days. Dave's already pulled a face. It's a no-go in his zone. But we are here to talk about Brentford. And <laughs> there you Brentford. go, no-go. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about Brentford and Brentford only for the next 60 minutes. And what a show I have joined on, because what a win that was on the weekend. Anytime you get three points, it's nice. But when you beat a London rival, when you 2-0 Dan with 6 minutes to go and you come back and 3-2 I would have paid good money to have been in the stands after that one because it looked like the celebrations may have continued for that little while longer after the game was done there, was, there were one, one or two cold <laughs> drinks were had yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah as you say like in a lifetime of supporting your club there's always going to be comebacks. You're going to get it once in a season, but you know, two 0 down with so so little time left, and we weren't looking. We uh, up until that stage, we you know, the first half we played decent. Yeah. Second half, you know, after they'd gone two up, it, you know, no one would have put a bean on it, let alone you know turning it around for three two. So we were obviously delighted, and um, yeah, there were there were a few uh, few cold cold a few, li- a few libations, a few, yeah, a few like hours. I was going to say there, yeah. Robin. Two one though, I thought oh, if Brentford can snatch a point here, I thought this would be good. I still didn't expect a three. Did after the first goal, did you think comebacks on? Funny enough, we were literally just discussing this in the um, production meeting it. earlier. No, no, literally, <laughs> literally, we were just discussing this in the production meeting beforehand. Um, I we were both on the Ealing Road. We both had pretty much the same view. I think that like, just stands just below. Me. Um, but he, uh, as when the first goal went in, I said we are not going to just get one more goal. We're not. It's not going to be a draw here. We're either going to lose or win it. And when the second goal went in, 
I said, I turned to them at the guy I was standing next to and said, "We are going to win this now. We are going to get a winner." And even and so, when the first goal went in, uh, given the performance, which we'll get onto later, uh, I didn't, I couldn't really bring myself to celebrate because I just didn't believe that we were going to do it. It was still that sort of unbelievable. Oh my god, we've actually, we've actually back in this game. Second goal went in, and even when the third goal went in, it was almost the, the Ealing Road. It's such a special stand. It's not glorious. It's not glamorous. But when when stuff like that happens, it is just it was an outer body experience. It was really something special and yeah i'm never gonna forget it yeah the lid really did go off that off that stand and uh yeah the second goal was obviously noisy but the third one it was like euphoric and yeah i, I think it because it's the last season at griffin park you want you want to, you want these kind of memories and thankfully it wasn't another draw it wasn't another defeat it was a win and you know as, as ed said um yeah as uh as, as yeah me, said, me, me and a six foot 200 pound rugby player we yeah, were practically interchangeable but um it's it's and it was i think made all the more um telling because we were playing in our um our new third kit which or i don't know if it was one off it was a third kit but it was basically an anniversary uh, bl- uh navy blue kit uh to celebrate the first ever win at griffin park from 1904 i believe it was yeah it was it was a tenuous one because we never actually played in that kit back then well, so it was, i wanted I to ask was... about that because i couldn't find it i thought they have they played in it before it's obviously the special kit to mark the 115th anniversary and the last year at Griffin Park but I watched the game I knew I was doing the Brentfordshire Monday and I thought I feel like I, I keep thinking that is Millwall but no, it, it, was bonkers, isn't it, yeah. it was a strange game to do it on even though this was the closest date how did you feel about it Dave? Yeah I, I, I think it's good that we do mark our heritage I'm not going to I'm not going to rip them too much on it I mean mm. it was a very expensive kit it was a £60 shirt um, and you know we didn't actually play in blue and blue we did play in blue and yellow but we, we've done that before so I'm not necessarily going to knock up on it but um, yeah, well, we've, we've got, it, we've got uh, one 100% record in it so <laughs> bring it on 2-0 down we were going can we have a red and white stripes back but uh, <laughs> you know maybe uh, Swansea tomorrow night maybe we get the blue out again yeah maybe uh, like London buses the blue was out once maybe second time see if there's a little run because it was only the second home win of the season so maybe it was a little bit of luck it was the first game at that international break I know we're going to talk about the game but do you feel like this? you can kick on there a little bit Dave could that spark the, the side yeah me and Robin were speaking before and and, and we were saying that we have, we do have to build on this It's we've had these full storms before this season where you know um, a, 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 a win has kind of we've, we've been really kind of got Okay, and now we kick on, and it's not quite happened. So we we do have to we have to use this as a springboard. It's uh, it's, it's it's something that if we're going to get anything out of this season, we we can't we can't be sort of constantly going one step forward and two steps back we, we do need to get, get some points on the board now well I know we're going to look at the game in further detail a little bit later because there were certainly some of the managers comments that I want to talk to you about and what the fans were saying just quickly though because I know you want to talk about a QPR ticket update is that right? Uh, yeah, so QPR ticket updates. Uh, what is the latest, actually? I've not actually looked so into the, it. So, so, the, Robin, so the, lower, the, the lower tier... <laughs> I've, got, I've got my ticket, that's what I know. After, our, after our pressure last week, yeah. we did our podcast on a Wednesday, Thursday, we, we, when we were saying, like, come, come on, you need to get your acts together. You need to get these lower tier on, on sale because, you know, the, the, higher, the highest um, price tickets were on sale. Now, everyone was holding out for the lower ones. Yeah. Mm. No one wants to go upstairs at, at, at Loftus Road. So um, they did, they, they buckled... And um, the lower lower tiers on sale, so I think we get a decent turnout. Although it's a Monday night and it's on it's on it's on the box, it's it's always going to have a knock on effects. But 
you know, at least at least the fans that want to go and are going can can get where they can st- sit, stroke stand where they want. Because it's next Monday, isn't it? It's which Monday, means it's, no it's show next tonight. Monday. So no. if, if it feels like if this ain't a good appearance for me already next week, the show's off. Well, you're so welcome to come down to yeah, Loftus Road. I might have to, yeah. Now instead, I'm we can do it live big, and direct, mate. Yeah, yeah, but I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Loftus Road. Can I say that here? Am I safe? The stadium, it's not fantastic. I mean, if you're not no. safe to say that to us, I don't know. Very true. You can go far harder than that with us, mate. I'll do a QPR fan show, so I have to remember where I am. Sometimes let's quickly talk uh, about uh, the game on the weekend because I know there's some audio from Brentford and Millwall fans, so let's hear that now. There we go. Yeah, it was a result we definitely, definitely needed, but come on, let's be honest, we got out of jail there. But when we were 2 0 down, we were looking as though we were dead and buried. I suppose you credit the team for coming back and fighting through to the 95th minute, but boy, the questions are need answering there. I mean, you know, I'm as delighted as anybody with this result, but we're still not the Brentford that we were. Just some bits of magic saved us, saved us an end. Well, I, I thought we were dead and buried. Uh, give our dues first half, we were the better side, but you've got to take chance when they come, and we didn't. And then Millwall did a Millwall on us, so, but we turned it around. What a, what a finish. You can't moan about that at all. It was a lot harder still for us to try and get through, get some things through the midfield. Can't take away from the result. Didn't see that coming. Great to see it. Come on your bees. First 45 minutes, Benford uh, were the better team. We hit the post. We missed a penalty. Their keeper pulled off two great saves. Our keeper had very little to do. Uh, they got that goal right at the end of the half. Second half, first 35 minutes, we were quite poor. They were okay. Uh, last 10 minutes we just turned it around we uh, soon as their keeper had to pull off a really good save after 80 minutes then we kind of felt we we, we, we felt we could do something then a few changes off the bench uh, three, three goals you know no one was expecting three goals we thought maybe one but it was a really really good work by the bees I thought we just we just took it over the, the crowd helped we kind of believed and uh, we just pulled it off would say that we just fully deserve to win that game. If you look at the first half performance, we should have been probably what two two nil, maybe two one up at half time. I didn't really see whether Reyes made a bad attempt to the save, was a good save, and then he parried it a bit. So I don't know. But we certainly should. You know, we, we missed a penalty. Um, we had other good chances. Um, we fully deserve to win today. It's just that the way the game played out, we only scored in the last ten or twelve minutes, which makes it look like we turned the game. I don't think we did. I think we kept plugging away. And in a way, that's kind kind of why I think XG does give you an, an idea that what you're doing is right keep plugging away and actually you get the rewards which we did today what we don't what you don't do is go into panic mode and stick Pontus Janssen up front for the last 20 minutes or whatever and just lump the ball into the penalty area which maybe is what some people want but uh, and that's kind of why I think it does work it just gives you an idea that you are creating chances and you keep doing what you're doing and, and you know I, I didn't in a million years think we were going to get anything out of today's game. There are sometimes you kind of think bring this sub on, bring that sub on they'll change the game and that didn't happen today did it? But we kept going, we kept going, we kept going and then we did get the lucky break so we didn't get in the first half. Well, good to hear audio from the fans there after the game and before the game. We're talking about the game just quickly. I know we're going to look at it uh, a little bit more, but 
was the score on was the score a fair result for Millwall? Because I know you don't care about them, you care about Brentford. It was a brilliant three points, but snatching it so late, those three goals, couldn't believe it when I was watching it. Would you would you have taken a draw now? Do you think uh, Millwall will feel coming out of that result? Yeah, they're obviously going to feel gutted. Um, it's it's Shame. it's a hum, it's a human. You you can't help you know a two 0 up in any football game. You, you you think you know with ten minutes ago you think it's in the bag, don't you? But um, we were talking in cliches a little bit earlier. And we were sort of doing that. It's a nine month season. It's a ninety five minute game, and and you, you've yeah. got you do, you do have to remember that if you if you're you know knocking on the door, which we were doing so much in the first half. First 20 minutes of the second half, we didn't look great at all. First 30 minutes, we didn't look great. But then we clicked, and then we looked awesome. And you know, as as uh, as Robin said, it was just that there was it wasn't an, an inevitability about the result, but it, it 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 you could feel something coming. Yeah, it was just there was there was a there was a storm brewing from the Ealing Road. Like there was um, <coughs> just when you when you whenever you tunnel down at home, particularly at Griffin Park, which is quite an intimidating uh, ground for away teams to go to. It's close to the pitch. It's not glamorous. It's a really, really intense atmosphere, particularly when the Ealing Road are, uh, are very vocal, which they were yesterday. There's always that sense that the game is not over until the referee blows the final whistle and then probably beyond that. And I, I, just, I just sort of felt an inevitability up until we scored that first goal. Now, when we score one goal, we usually score three. We're, we're that kind of team. We've, we, we very rarely win games 1-0, uh, and we very rarely lose games... Um, <clears throat> by one, it's, it's a it's a real Brentford trait is that we always like to play attacking football and um, sort of and go for the jugular if that makes sense. So when that first goal went in, I was I was convinced we were going to win it purely because of just that you could sense the tide turning and it's impossible and, and to quantify was, that. And there was nothing much was going our way before that. We we had a penalty that we missed. We we had a we hit the post. Um, Nik, Nikos Karelis busted his ACL I think so the strike has gone off um, we've had a perfectly good goal disallowed and you know there's a lot that's gone against us so when the tide did turn it was kind of like whoa okay you know let's let's ride this I said I said I said to Lenny in the pub just uh, sorry the production meeting beforehand um, and uh, we're responsible here and um, I said I said, I said it's, it's, it's the kind of game where I feel sorry for anyone that doesn't like football because the emotional roller coaster that both sets of fans and players and managers and backroom staff would have gone through on that day it's it's what football is about it's why you know it's why we wake up and we spend the money we do yeah. going to these games if, if you bottled that it'd have eight percent written on the, the bottle as well wouldn't it, yeah. it was, that was that was heavy duty stuff mm. it certainly was and we're going to talk about the game a little bit more the whole range of emotions that brentford fans were feeling and obviously coming out with those three points love sports you are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Besotted Podcast, Dave Laney Lane and Robin Hood McMichael. Evening. <laughs> we are talking everything where Brentford are concerned for the next hour. Lots of chatter about the game on the weekend. It was a superb victory. 2-0 down, 3-2, three points in the bag. Thank you and yes, please. One thing that I do want to mention is you two are speaking, obviously, the range of emotions, the highs, the lows, how you both felt in in the stands and after that game but the the scoreline the comeback will obviously grab all the headlines Dave but it could have been so different obviously Watkins missing that penalties there was a whole host of chances before the game mm. it might have not been that way where Millwall did take that 2-0 lead yeah yes, you're spot on and you know you, you could 
you can um, kind of gauge how those um, emotions ranged by the fact that there were fans singing "You're Getting Sacked in the Morning" <laughs> towards Thomas Frank. And I'm not, I'm not knocking, you know, I'm, I'm not here to sort of like, you know, say that they were right or wrong. People have their own opinions or whatever. But you know, it, they were the, probably the same fans that were singing his name mm. and, and cheering at the, at the 95th minute when, when we've won so I mean it, it, it is is an example of how fine margins are within the game you know we 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 looked we'd looked like we, we should have been two up um, or two one up at the break could have been three one early in the second half and you know then you, it's a completely different complexion on the match and a completely different atmosphere within the stadium and it was almost like you know as you said Robin earlier like the, the weather changed it was like you know lashing down with rain first off and the sun came out everyone's taking their you know their, their jackets off because it's, it's it's roasting so there was like a, a you know a dual climate as well and you know I t- we we got out of jail i think that was i think people came out relieved rather than kind of like felt that they got what we well, i think overall we deserved it if you looked at the stats and if you looked at the numbers if you looked at the xg if you look at all of that we deserve to win but when you're there and you're watching you think yeah. Think, so, I mean, we've been here before. We were here when Derby, we, when, we, when we smashed Derby three 0 at Griffin Park, and then we thought, okay, international break, but this will be really, you know, this it's come at the wrong time, but it'll be a good springboard. And then we went on and we didn't get a good run of results. Uh, we had this against Barnsley when we beat them three one away uh, on a Sunday live on TV. We thought, okay, this is the start of something. And then we had a disappointing draw against Bristol City at home, and then lost to Nottingham Forest away. So we've been here before. We've been in the situation where we've had this really morale boosting win, uh, and it's not come to anything. Uh, moving forward so I think it's important that we don't acknowledge what I would say minute 35 to minute 40 uh, sorry minute 75 maybe minute 80 where we we, we weren't very good at all and I think whilst this result is going to be really really brilliant in terms of getting the players up particularly getting the fans up as well because who doesn't love a 2-0 down to 3-2 win (laughs) it it really doesn't happen and the occasion the blue kit the changing weather as Laney mentioned it all added to that sort of spectacle of the football match Uh, long term I think we need to the players need to really really look at the flaws that um, were exhibited if you like throughout the game but um, overall I think this is a really really good possibility of a launching point Certainly. I, I want to talk about the manager there. I want to go back to a point you made, Dave, because we're going to hear some audio from the manager in a minute. But you mentioned fans were saying, uh, singing, you're getting sacked in the morning. Rightly or wrongly, it's their own subjective opinion. And fans celebrate at the end, as all f- football fans do. We're all fickle. Yeah, I include course. myself yeah, in that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very fond of a knee-jerk reaction. But let's take away the result. Is he on the hot seat? Is there a growing frustration amongst fans? Maybe not uh, yourself and Robin, but there, is there a little bit of division amongst the Brentford fans with his tenure at the minute? Look, yeah, I, I think there is. Um, we've we've said it we've said it a fair few times on on the podcast and on the radio show that we we always seem to be one defeat or two defeats away from some sort of meltdown, um, and I, I don't think there's an appetite. In, in in the power you know amongst the powers that be within the club that I, I think they're happy with Thomas Frank I think they're more than happy with Thomas Frank um, so I, I don't think he's on any kind of rocky ground I, I, but you do you do feel that we are below where we expected and where where we should be really but <clears throat> we're six points outside the playoffs um, we're over a quarter of the way through the season we're not pulling up any trees and we've not really set the world on fire I think we still can only get better and we're, we can only get better against 
being in touch with the play, the playoff position still. So we're not like we're, we're cut adrift. We're, we're we're doing okay considering, but we have to do a lot better. That's, that's obvious. And Robin, a, a question I want to ask, and I don't know if this is allowed to be asked or spoke about, but if it isn't, it's my first show, so maybe I'll get a free pass. Obviously, a lot of Villa fans are uh, celebrating Dean Smith at the minute. It's a year in charge for him. Is it something, as we talk about Thomas Frank being on the hot seat, do you still look at Dean Smith or you keep an eye out and think, ah, oh, you know, what you were doing under him and what he's doing now, or is that in the rear view mirror? I've forgotten. I mean, I, I certainly don't. And I like to think that a lot of Brentford fans don't. To look, to look at what Dean Smith was, you know, is doing at Villa and how, what if he would stay. I think yeah. it's a really, really backwards move um, and I certainly don't believe that the Brentford powers that be are doing that either. Um, a lot of the, uh, when, when the Brentford manager is in the hot seat, that is the, where everything is directed towards. Um, a lot of people can go back and talk about what Warburton and Dykehausen and Rosler, whatever they want to do. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't happen at Brentford and I think um, I'm very, very much focused on what Thomas Frank can offer the club moving forward. Um, but I mean, if you, look at, if you look at what he did on... Uh, on Saturday against Millwall, we weren't playing very, very well. Uh, admittedly, quite belatedly, he made a couple of changes. He brought Josh De Silva on. Um, he brought Joel Valencia on. He made some quite positive attacking forceful changes that at, at the end of the day I do believe turned turn the game around Josh De Silva got the first goal Brian Mbwemo I know he was um, uh, brought on because of Corellis' injury but he set up he got the first goal um, he got the second goal to equalise admittedly it was deflection and he set up Watkins' goal for the Watkins' goal for the um, for the, for, for the, winner. For the winner so it, 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 with, with Thomas Frank I always find it's a game of uh, fine margins some weeks I think he's very very good and makes really really positive um, decisions but they're quite few and far between a lot of the time he does tend to play on the play on the defensive a little bit and I think we have, we do have to acknowledge that it's his first full season in the job and you know he is going to be given a full season at the very least and, and so he should be really so I think there are going to be ups and downs and hopefully we've had our downs I, I, I really I, I really do feel we've got the quality there to, to make a real push and we have to be doing that I think you can make a real push any any time in a championship you know you will lose a couple of games two or three but then you can go on a run three or four so the championship works and you're so closely knit as a bunch there you might look at it and go, oh, we're 16th, 17th, but you win two games and then you're one point behind the playoffs, you're in the playoffs to say the championship works. Let's quickly hear uh, from Thomas Frank and what he had to say after the game. <laughs> how, honestly, how crazy is football? And the funny thing is, if we had lost 2-0, and, you know, we... Um, we still produced, uh, let's say, uh, he saved just a silver shot, you know, just outside the post. Um, and the, I can't even remember the 2-2 goal. That's uh, Brian, yeah, that's slightly different. Then we pro- probably, you know, a lot of disappointed fans and, you know, critics, why can't you and so on. But if you look at this performance we put in today, that's top. First half, we should have been up 2-3-0, and we're down 1-0, and we got an injury to our, to our striker, and we were thinking, hmm, this is, this is tough times, uh, a lot of things is going against you, what can you do about it? Can you do something? Yes, you can react to it, and that's what we talked to the players about in the halftime, that you know, we need to be positive, play a lot of energy, and do it together. And of course, we had the game plan and all the tactics, uh, but that feeling and those emotions we all have, and you know, feeling now, is incredible. Uh, so um, I must say, and I said to the boys afterwards, that it's much more fun to win this way. It's a little bit more challenging during the match. 
but uh, now top mentality, top character of, of, of the team and uh, I really hope the, the fans enjoy it. This is one of these magical moments we, we talked about creating in, in the last season at, at Griffin Park and I hope there's a lot of fans that will remember this day. Uh, hopefully we can continue going, going forward. Football is emotions um, also and positive and, co and, and confidence you know when you're down 2-0 and what four six minutes to go and you turn around and winning 3-2, that's a massive boost. And especially the way we did it. When, when, I, when I, my feeling was we kept playing, we didn't rush it. I know when we had three, five, six, seven, eight passes uh, in the back four, of building off from behind and people wanted to rush, they didn't rush and then we got out the other side, then we produced a cross instead of just playing up and uh, you know, maybe not control that situation. That's the thing, that's one of the things I'm most proud of, that we kept playing, kept being calm. Uh, kept uh, going forward, but this boost hopefully should give us something next time we're down 1-0 or 2-0, but maybe that's going to happen during the season and we know that, especially at Griffin Park, that everything is possible. Uh, we need to be, be quick and recover well tomorrow and um, a short uh, uh, training on, on Monday and then ready to go uh, Tuesday away to, to Swansea, which is going to be another another tough match. There's no easy matches in this in this division. Uh, but the promising thing is that we we're feeling now for five six games in a row we actually put some decent performances in. I think the only one was maybe maybe Preston, but you know Derby home, Barnsley away, uh, Bristol uh, City at home, uh, even actually Nottingham Forest some elements. And now this game we are getting closer and closer to uh, some of the maximum performance we can put in. We are getting closer and closer to maximum performance, says the manager there, Thomas Frank. Just quickly, he also said, football is crazy. He said, if we can win games like that, he just told the lads in the dressing room, this is the perfect way to win. It was enjoyable, I'm sure, but it's not the ideal way to win every week, is it, Dave? You know, going 2-0 down. Well, <laughs> I've, I've, always, I've always said in, in, in my football in life that I'm, I'm quite happy to lose matches trying to win them. And I'm, mm. I'd rather lose a game sort of 3-2 trying to score goals than like box clever and you know play that kind of percentage game where you'd, you'd rather win two and lose four than draw six yeah I mean if I, that makes sense I, yeah. I, like, I like the could attack. lose six probably <laughs> yeah that's true it, it, it can go both ways but I, I, I like that sort of like adventurous kind of free flowing you know we've we've been spoiled over the last kind of five or six years under Mark Warburton you know there was only one one way of playing that was you know his, his, his plan A and he you know famously said you know plan B, plan B is to do plan A better and that was that was it was pretty much just all out attack um, and w under Dean Smith again similarly there was this there was this ethos that that kind of permeated from from top to bottom we've got a little bit kind of tighter at the back now um, defense is kind of a been our building block this season and we do you know although we were two nil down we do we don't sort of panic when when we're sort of under the cosh like we used to so uh, it, it's just it's just really where it's spluttering it's this kind of that midfield forward uh, you know link up but you know, as, um, as as Robin said earlier, when we score one, there's a good chance we're going to score three. So uh, it's just having that belief, and I think I think Saturday will give us more belief. Uh, talking of belief, someone that did score, uh, not necessarily going from zero to hero, but missed that penalty. Did get the winner, Watkins, first goal in a while. Uh, absolute scenes after you felt for him, and nice to get back on the score sheet. He can kick on as well now, Robin. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's he's, the, he's if I'm not mistaken, he's the top scorer in the 
championship, isn't it? Um, he, <coughs> the problem the problem has been uh, in terms of people questioning our ability to score goals is that Watkins has scored his goals in twos or threes, and, <laughs> and it's very rare that he's actually got that one that one goal. Um, so. I, th- I, th- I think it's interesting. I mean, th- there was a whole kerfuffle around the penalty. So when we were awarded the penalty, um, Ollie Watkins was uh, designated penalty taker, despite the fact that he's last missed uh, two of his last three, and then he missed this one, obviously. And then um, uh, Saeed Ben Rama, our sort of our mercurial and uh, unbelievably, impossibly talented player, uh, attacking player number ten, um, wanted to take the ball, and then Dalsgaard had to pull um, Ben Rama away, and then that might have added extra pressure on Watkins. But what, one thing about Ollie Watkins, I think I said before the season started in terms of him um he's he's not he's not he's peaked higher than players like Canos and Ben Rama I'd say but he's he's not as consi- not been as consistent and he's he's been brilliant all season you know whether wh- whatever function he's been asked to play whatever position he's been fantastic Charlie do you want to get a Kleenex out and uh, yeah. do a, an update I was choosing not to mention that because this is the Sheffield well, you're United going to manager, now. and I'm not going to mention it at all But <laughs> you I were going to no go Charlie <laughs> uh, yeah I think there has been a goal in uh, the Sheffield United Arsenal game I'm not sure who it's gone to we'll, we'll tr- try to keep you updated on love for it now. <laughs> Sheffield United have taken the lead it is 1-0 but when we come back we'll be listening to uh, Rasmus Ankerson the director of football at Brentford and we've got Rasmus here, Rasmus Ankerson, Brentford's co-director of football. It was, first of all, Rasmus, you're obviously very happy with the result today. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a roller coaster, emotionally at least. And uh, I think last time we had a quite an experience like this was probably last season against uh, Villa, wasn't it? When Mope scored in the in the injury time. So now we were down with two, so it was even better. But um, yeah, great, great win. I think the boys deserved it. Interesting if there is something that's called deserved in football, but I know you're talking a lot about that. So, <laughs> well, still, well, listen, I mean, let's talk about it. In the first half, we had a lot of chances in your world, in the stats world, which you use as part of the things to analyse the game. You would say that in the first half, we were looking like uh, the XG was high as it is and the chances that we were creating was high, but we just weren't putting them in the back of the net. And also, their goalkeeper was playing a bit of a blinder. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first half, I think, you know, we look a lot at the underlying model rating, um, and uh, which is a really important decision-making tool for us and a way of, the, I would say, the primary way of measuring progress. And uh, and based on the first half, the model would upgrade us, It'd give us a big upgrade, um, but we were down 1-0. But that's football, isn't it? Like, it's, um, it's, a, it's at, the end of, at the end of the day, it's a really random game. Much more random than basketball and handball and what have you from for many reasons but that's why um you need you need you need some tools you need some 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 uh fundamental ideas to base your decision making on which is not which, which has not only something to do with what's on the score score line at the at the end of the game so, so i mean the sec so the second half we uh I mean, they got the goal very late in the first half, which seems to knock the wind out of us. The second half, we were, and let's just put layman's terms into it, we didn't look at the races at all for the most of that second half. I mean, what do you put that down to? Uh, no, I think it was a little bit uh, pedestrian. At times, you know, we we um, we moved the ball without creating clear-cut chances. I think it was a little bit of a... Um, you know, a, it was a bit of a shock for us to get down 2-0 at a penalty, which I think was... a. Uh, big maybe um, but um, but you know Millwall got a little bit tired in the end and I think we we also got a bit bit lucky with the with the deflection on the 2-2 goal and um, but I think if you look at the the game as a whole it was uh, it was uh, 
there was a little bit of justice left in the world, I think. <laughs> okay, well, you say that, but I'm going to say this as well, because I mean, as you talk about XG, and if people out there, XG expected goals, is talking about created chances, and, and it's the quality of the chances that you create. So if you've got a ball which is two yards in front of the goal, and, you, you, and you've got the chance to put it in the back of the net, that's a very high XG, as opposed to shooting the ball from 40 yards, which you might score still, but it's very low, and the chances are that if you create more chances with a higher XG, you've got a better chance of scoring. Now, ironically, we were creating some great chances and not scoring, but the goal that we actually did score was probably one which has got a very low XG which was the De Silva's goal so I mean not be funny doesn't that knock your XG theory out the window or or, 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 or how does that work no I mean that that happens I mean it's um for us, it's it's about creating obviously as 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 many high prob- probability scoring situations as possible and prevent your position from doing it against us, and uh, and that is a better predictor of where you're going to go in the future, often than your current league position, because I mean this this is the thing in football you know we every, everyone grown up hearing that the league table never lies but. The league table lies, but saying that in in football is like saying the world is flat. You know, the brain is not designed to deal with randomness and accept randomness and explanation for an outcome. So, um, so we want a narrative. So we, we 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 cannot accept that we are. It's very difficult for us as human beings to accept that in the first half we are we we we've smashed Millwall, but we but we're down one nil. You know, it has to be something with lack of confidence or the manager has lost the dressing room or things like that. So we build all these explanations, and I think our job is to try and you know. Uh, you know, keep 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 focusing on what, what what signal and what is noise, especially when you go on these bad runs, which you which you eventually do, in a, in such a close league as the championship. And I'm going to say this, and I've taken a lot of your time, but this is you know this is interesting chat. And what I will say is, look, I, look, I love a team, and everyone out there loves their team, and we want them to do really well. Um, and yes, we are creating these chances, but Brentford still are not quite the Brentford like we were even last season. So even though we might be doing, inverted commas, the right things, there's just something out there that just isn't quite right about Brentford. And you must know that because you watch these games. You must talk about it week in, week out. I think uh, if you look at it from a defensive point of view, I think the Brentford team we have now is probably the best team we've had defensively, especially since um, since um, I got involved here. Um, I think we, we look very solid. We give very few chances away, uh, which is a big plus for me because you, both you and I have watched the last couple of seasons. And I don't think we've felt more calm than we do now when we are when the opposition has the ball or you know because we, we we think we look pretty solid i agree that offensively it hasn't quite clicked is that down to a big turnover of players uh in the summer you know that it's the, the, there's a there's a relationship thing you know that's gonna get better the, the better they get to know each other uh, is it that we need to um accept conceding a little bit more defensively in order to create something you know more offensively to create a better balance that's uh, some of um, life's big questions but um, I don't think we are far off I mean I think I think to be a top championship side you need to be very strong defensively throughout the 46 games and I think we got a good foundation to grow from and then I, it's up to uh, to us it's up to the coaching staff to make sure that um, offensively starts to click again because that's probably that's probably where we, we still have a little bit of a way to go I'm going to ask one last question I've kept a lot of your time and I'll, and I'll be killed if I don't ask this question for you <laughs> obviously in the season we were 
we were, we were last season we were absolutely on fire. We were scoring lots of goals. Neil Mal played 28 goals last season. He went in the close season and we didn't manage to secure another striker for whatever reason. You know, we've heard that there was a bit of malarkey with the striker that we wanted to bring in, so that yeah. didn't quite happen. And then we tried to bring in another striker, it didn't happen. But that's kind of left us a bit cold, and a lot of people are saying that this is the cause of the problem as to why we're not firing on the cylinders. I don't know. I mean, we have the top score of the championship in the team, don't we, with Oli Watkins. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not that we, in that sense, I think, lack a goal scorer. But obviously, it's very difficult to replace Neil Mope. And, um, and uh, we tried, you know, but, but, but also, you know, it, to bring someone in, it, it had to be, and pay a lot of money for that play, it would have to be someone who we thought would be an upgrade on what we already had in this team, for example, Oli Watkins. And, um, you know, we think we were pretty comfortable with, 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 what, with what we had. Um, when we signed Neil Mope, you know, you, you also remember the first season in Mope where he was not quite firing as he was in the second season. So it takes, like, it took him like 12 months to get used to the championship and to, to start, to start uh, really performing for us and giving us some return on investment in terms, of, in terms of goals. And I think we were a little bit in a different position this season because we were not, we were not where we were, wanted to sign a striker that needed 12 months before he would start firing. If we were to sign a striker, um, it would have to be someone who would, who, would, who would deliver from day one. And those guys are not easy to find. They're very expensive as well. And uh, that's why I thought we were comfortable with, 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 with what we had and I think for me it's not so much about if you have one guy scoring 25 goals you know it's more is the team as a whole able to produce uh, chances and enough chances to achieve what we want to achieve and I think I think this this team has the potential to uh, to do that also I mean I think you remember when we um, uh, a few years back when we sold Scott Hogan who scored a big proportion of our goals after we sold Scott Hogan to Villa we started scoring more goals so it's not it's not so simple that to say that you know one one well, more pay goals you take 27 goals out of the team it's not it's not how it works it's we, we, we need to make sure that we, we have a team that's able to produce um, enough chances to achieve what we want to achieve and I think we have that and I think the, 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 the team is going to get better that said, I mean, it's not, it's not, I, I'm not going to sit here and rule out that, that, that that's not a focus for us in the next couple of windows because it's, a, it's an important position. So let's see. Let's see. I'm not so, um, I'm not so worried as maybe, maybe uh, some of you guys are. And Marcus Force, is he coming home after Christmas? Well, you say now, I mean, Nikos, Nikos has got a, what, what looked like a pretty, pretty serious injury today. So we got to do a scan in the next few days to see how serious it is. And, um, but, but, We'll, we'll see. I mean, a lot of a lot a lot depends on where are we in January. You know, um, are we are we in a position where we're going to make a push? Are we going to make a season where we're going to prepare for the for the next season? You know, it's there's there's a lot of and Marcus Fors is is um, is obviously a part of that conversation. So let's see. I mean, he's uh, he hasn't played that many games for Wimbledon. It looks looks good so far, but um, but 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 let's see. There's still a there's still a few, a few months and a lot of games to play. Okay, listen, listen, Rasmus. Thanks for taking your time out, man. And I'll catch you soon. Okay, cheers. Rasmus Ankerson, there, the co-director of football at Brentford Football Club.
Really enjoyed listening to that. Such an insight. And uh, Dave, you were just saying there, just just for all fans, really, just to see what's going on behind the club, hear what he actually had to say. Uh, it was just sorry, Dave. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's a particularly long clip that one, but I, I think it was um, a significant. Uh, you know, a, a bit, the way that we were able to speak so openly and frankly, one hundred percent, and the fact that he's kind of shared a fair amount of the insight into the way the club um, are looking at the striking situation, how they're looking at the start of the season, um, and the confidence there clearly is in the, in the setup and the players that are there, and the reason that we didn't really go out and um, go, uh, you know, gung ho for a big name striker. He said, you know, they're not cheap, and we have to be a hundred percent sure that you know they're not a year away. They need to be up and running quickly. So, you know, it's 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 it was a very. I, I thought that was a bit of an education. It's always good to kind of understand how the people that are making the decisions are making those decisions. And ultimately, those are the people in the front office. We always think we can do a better job. Well, I certainly do, but they know what they're doing and these deals to get them over the line. And there's always reasons behind. They have to judge it. They have to think about the long-term as well as the short-term goal. I know, Robin, you wanted to talk about particularly the bit where you said, you know, as fans, do we build bad expectations after a defeat? We spoke about on this show, knee-jerk reactions. That was a key point for you as well, wasn't yeah, exactly. it? Yeah, I completely agree. It's sort of that, as fans, uh, football fans are fickle in general. That's just that. Let's just take those. That's not criticism. That's not criticism. That's, no, not criticism. No, no, that's no. just how. And, that's and that's how all fans. And, yeah. and, and we're certainly entitled to our opinion. You know, we put. You know, we pay. We pay a certain amount of money to go and watch these games. But um, I do think having sort of having. I've always felt this, but having listened back to um, what, what Rasmus said, um, which I think was incredibly articulate and incredibly well put, is that we are quite keen to build these uh, explanations as to why. <clears throat> the team isn't um, performing as well, and they're off. They're often completely c- complete conjecture. Oh, Thomas Frank, he's not the right man for the job. Why? Well, I don't think. I'm not entirely sure he is. I got that rapport with the players and then you start talking about the amount of money we've paid for transfer fee but there's nothing quantifiable in anything that we say is it, you know as to whether or not Thomas Frank he's got his flaws don't get me wrong but um there seems to be this this keenness almost to as soon as something goes wrong bang blame something Mm. Pinpoint it. Try and you know. Try and try and find a reason. And we often we often create these. Almost, almost and, and, and equally as well, you know, the the rationale, the explanations we come up across is so measured and so intelligent and so calm. You know, there's there's no there's no BS there. He, that's what he he believes in that completely and utterly, um, and, it, and he's not he's not bluffing. He certainly wasn't. I, I thought he spoke very open, and it was such an insight. Uh, great to have that audio. So thank you for that. We have to turn our attentions to the game tomorrow night because in the championship the games come thick and fast. It is Swansea, and we're going to be joined by Julie Kissick. The opposition view on Love Sport. That's right, it's time for the Opposition View and this is the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the show with Besotted, Dave Laney Lane and Robin The Hood McMichael. We are talking everything where Brentford are concerned. Now though, we turn our attentions to the game tomorrow night. It is Swansea and Swansea, who are flying high in the Championship, were doing well, but the game before the international break, well they lost to Stoke, who weren't doing very well, turned their fortunes around 2-1 there and the first game after the international break, 1-1. So maybe that confidence that momentum is slipping someone who will know a little bit more than us I'm delighted to say we are joined by Julie Kissick uh, and Julie runs the sports journalism degree at the University of South Wales Julie a real pleasure to have you on the show tonight thank you for joining us and giving us a little bit of your time what do you make of the fixture tomorrow night I think it's coming at 
uh, a quite a difficult time for us, really. And also, of course, we've got a massive game on Sunday because we're playing Cardiff City on Sunday, which is um, the big derby for us. So I think on form, uh, we ought to win it. But, you know, you just never know, do you? Hi, Julie. It's Dave here. Thanks for coming on the Hi, show Dave. tonight. Um, it's been a really good start to the season for the Swans. And we, after our, um, you know, our, our experiences at uh, the Liberty last season, where we got turned over twice quite heavily, we, we, do, we do travel kind of to, uh, to the south of Wales with a lot of trepidation. Uh, but your home form isn't perfect, is it? That you are, you are fallible at, at the Liberty. You know, are, are Brentford, do you think we, we, there's a good chance we might get something out of the game? Or, or do you think that you've, you've got a couple of bad results out of your system now? Well, I'd hope it's going to be the latter, Dave, obviously. But I would say that, wouldn't I? Mm. Um, I think it's, it's one of those really tricky games, as I said. I, I think we expected to get more on Saturday. Um, and the fact that we didn't, we came away with a one-all draw at Barnsley, was a real disappointment. And I wasn't there, but I understand that we didn't play particularly well. We certainly didn't take our chances. And we didn't create an awful lot of chances. So that's not good. As you said, before the international break, um, things got a little bit wobbly, in all honesty. And I think that's, that's never a good place to, to sort of put a, a comma in a season is it but you hope that you'll come back from the international break and and the players will be reinvigorated so Saturday was difficult and disappointing um, and I think in general the the Tuesday night games are those sorts of midweek games where very often things can slide but I think because you've got a really good um showing against you normally and you haven't got a great away record on a Tuesday from what I can work out haven't you lost the last three Tuesday matches that you've played away yeah we don't like Tuesdays or Wednesdays particularly (laughs) (laughs) Um, Julius Robin here how are you Hi, I'm good. Um, just wanted to ask you a question. So um, I was doing a bit of, um, should we say, research into Steve Cooper because there's not really much I knew about him as um, Swansea manager. Um, and sort of looking at his history, he's had a lot of experience with um, developing youth, uh, young players. So he's um, head of uh, the academy at Wrexham, at Liverpool. Uh, he was England under se- 16 coach and England under 17 coach. And he, he held those positions, uh, each position, for about three or four years. So he's obviously got some clout. What would you say he's brought to the um, to, to the club this season? that you didn't have last season? Uh, I think your your summation of him to begin with was actually one that most of us um, thought as well, really, because he he was a bit of an unknown. We do have a bit of a history of um, going for left-of-field managers, and, and I think he was one of those that um, everybody thought, gosh, where's he come from, what's he done? But I think what he's brought is um, a real enthusiasm. He's very, very focused. If you listen to him in his press conferences, he, he knows what he wants to say. He knows the message that he wants to get across. And Swansea do have an awful lot of youngsters Uh, We've had a really good academy set up in the last few years. And I think that was probably the attraction of him and for him, because he's got a lot of experience with youngsters. They they do seem to play for him. Um, 
he seems to have quite a bond with them as well. You know, again, you see them in the warm-up and he's chatting to them and, and post-match he'll go over and he put her arm around them. And uh, I think he's brought uh, a, a bit of stability, really, and and that sort of air of confidence without being overly confident, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. It certainly does. And Julie, you know what's coming. We have to put you on the spot. What is your score prediction for tomorrow night? Yes, 2-1 to us, sorry. Oh, 2-1 to Swansea. You're making no friends in the studio, Julie, but we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Julie. Thank, thank you. Julie. Thank you. Thank you time. So Julie Kissick there, and Swansea will get the result 2-1. I have to turn my attentions to you in the studio. Oof. Dave, you're up first. Yeah, uh, well, we owe them, so I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna 2-1 go the other way. I'm going to go Brentford away win, 2-1-Bs. 2-1-Bs, score win, continuing that momentum from the weekend. Robin, are you following suit? I'm not. I'm following. I'm going on a slightly different suit. Um, two very solid defensive teams from the outset um, I'm going to say 1-1 one, one. I think uh, yeah it'll be a tightly contested affair and I will be watching uh, with uh, great interest shall we say I'll take the point now yeah oh, well, that was, now. Dave yeah. you beat me to it that was my question and obviously with the result on the weekend Swansea doing well let's forget the last two results and away from home happy with a point and take that certainly yeah I think so I, I, I don't want us to go there playing for that but I'm, and we won't but yeah I, I'll take it now as a fan yeah. absolutely yeah. certainly what is a busy and a congested fixture pile up the championship always is and now, also, Dave, I know you want to you want to talk about some quick things. We've got to do uh, put our house in order before the end of the show. Yeah, we've got our Pride of Pride of West London podcast that will be going live Thursday, or it might might be going live Friday this week. We'll have to work it out. We got got QPR away on Monday, so it gives us an extra day. Uh, we've got um, some new besotted jackets. Um, which are absolutely they're shower proof rain and beer proof and you can get those on besotted.com and we've got a new t-shirt range as well so if you need need a bit of uh, an extra layer for the trip to uh, to Loftus Road next Monday pop along to besotted.com maybe even a Christmas a present jacket. yeah yeah absolutely but um, yeah it's uh, we've got another, we've got a besotted Christmas social which we're starting to plan so there's lots of lots of bits and bobs coming up but yeah um, Tune in to the Besotted.com uh, podcast, which which should be out. It should probably be out Friday, I reckon, this week. Definitely. And once the Christmas social is up and running, we can mention it here. We can give mm. you all the details for that. Well, this has been the Brentford Fan Show right here on Love Sport Radio with Besotted. They were Dave Laney Lane and Robin the Hood McMichael. We will be here at the same time. No, we won't next week because no, no, Brentford we'll play be. QPR, so we won't be uh, here next week. We'll be here again in two weeks when you can catch the Brentford Fan Show. Cheers. Cheers.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.